0: Y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit. Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit. Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me. All I ever ask
1: is keep it 8 more than 92 with me. One. What up though? I Heart Miko podcast. This is the second week of our uh, breakdown of each division. Last week we did AFC, NFC South. Today, we will be doing AFC NFC East. I will have some really, really cool guys joining me. Some, some brothers, Omar Kelly, Master. That's a real name, by the way. I'm going to have these two guys breaking down each one of the divisions, telling me who's dope, who's not, who should I watch for, who's a bum. The X's and O's, all those great things. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get into some racial discussions of the Redskins and how the the D.C. community feels about that name. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott, somebody that I wish I was a fucking GM. I would sign the shit out of him so fast. We're going to talk about the dumpster fire in the AFC East. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to have a real good time. Get through this, what, hour? We're going to talk about an hour or so. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you forward my links and all the things that I ask you to do so a bitch can continue to show you love and continue to record podcasts. That's about all I got to say, y'all. So I'm going to get this started, and I'm going to call up Master first. We're going to get him on first. I I I feel so weird saying his name because his name is Master. (laughs) How did you get the name Master, first of all?
2: uh it's from my dad uh he tells me this corny story every single time i ask him and so i just kind of stopped asking him um he said he always thought good things in me he always thought i would be something special so i don't know why that re- in, in, in what way that correlates to mastery. but i mean I, I, he picked the name it's, it's the one argument he's won over my mom because my mom didn't want that name but i thank god he won it
1: oh my god could you imagine like having sex with your girl and she's yelling your name uh, I do and I,
2: I can uh, it, it's a very vivid uh uh experience that I've, I've dealt with in my lifetime.
1: Oh my uh, god, it, it's, do, you,
2: it's a fun
1: one. do you have a nickname?
2: No. Why would I need a nickname? I'm just i need just, nicknames when they don't like their own names.
1: Hey, I didn't I didn't choose my I'm Miko. My government is tu Miko, but people just started calling me Miko. I think they just wanted to
2: shorten it and
1: I kinda like it. I kinda like Miko. Oh, for real? No. Nah. Yeah. I
2: it's Ever since I moved to D.C. about last year, you're starting to, especially, like, black women, they're not really, they're, they're the ones that always tell you they're not comfortable saying master. And I completely understand that. The slave, so to slave relations, too. And to I'll be it. like, look, I, I'll be like, look, I'm not responding to anything else but master. So you just got to respect my name.
1: Damn. Yeah, that's, that's your that's real thing. name. Someone can't say they don't want to call yeah. you real. Like, that's that's not cool. If it was a nickname, then, yeah, I'd be like, I'm not calling you master. What the hell's wrong with yeah. you?
2: I made sure that when I grew up that I did not have a nickname that stuck. And I've done a pretty damn good job with that so far in my life.
1: That is is true. So let's jump into (laughs) this. So you're going to be talking to us and getting us ready for the NFC East, right? Arguably the most talked about competitive, angry division. Would you agree?
2: Yeah. It seems like it always is, to be honest. I mean, you have. A couple markets that are always really intriguing in terms of uh, the East Coast media, uh, in terms of what they're located with, New York, Philly, obviously Washington, and then there's always going to be the intrigue with Dallas. And the thing about the the appeal to this division is always the parity of it. I mean, it just yeah. always seems like all these teams just beating each other up, and you're just never sure who's going to come out on top. And every single time you think a team uh, mm-hmm. in the preseason or, or, or in the polls is going to be the the clear-cut, team that's going to be ahead and is going to win the division, they always end up flopping and going 6-10 or 7-9 or something. So it's always a strange division every year, a division I'm very familiar with growing up in Dallas myself. Uh, So this year, it doesn't seem like it's going to be any different. It's hard to tell which one of these teams is going to rise above the other, uh, particularly when you kind of look at each one of these rosters, it almost seems like. Another nine and seven season will probably win the division. Again.
1: Yeah, because to me, it always seems like each team splits with each other. Like you can never really determine. Like I always look at the teams and I go, "Who's the best quarterback?" And then I determine there. Like this team's probably going to win, but in this division, you have Eli Manning. You've got Tony Romo. Now you've you've got you've you've got a couple of younger guys trying to to come up in the division. So to me, it's always been Tony and Eli. But but as you saw last year. You're the team you represent, the Redskins, you guys uh, went to the playoffs. You guys, yeah, the
2: Redskins did go to the playoffs. And, and, and the biggest key to that was, obviously, for one, the development of Kirk Cousins in the second right. half of the season. Uh, two, uh, all their wins came against teams with losing records. So that was obviously very beneficial. And it was something that even D'Angelo Hall went on training camp. They just had a couple of breaks go their way that they were pretty fortunate uh last year to win the division right uh and in and, and three it, it just seemed like every other team had some sort of injury or, or something, something bad that, that happened. It, just, it was timing That just wouldn't allow them to try and take in command of the division so next thing you know you come to find out it's it's the Redskins that are on top they end up beating the Eagles in what week week 16 right. on, a, on a Saturday night in, in Philly to clinch the division and it, it was it was pretty remarkable to watch because I, I don't think that was Something that anyone would have that guessed. wasn't in the cards.
1: Yeah. Now I did no, leave the Eagles not. out. I feel bad. I left them out. Um. I always leave them it, out it because they, they're out, though. they're it's not right. But they're generally <laughs> usually not in the discussions a lot. And it has to me. It has a lot to do with quarterback play. And sometimes it's coaching. Um. Some of the issues that are that have gone on with with Philadelphia. So let's let's chop this up. Let's let's start with your with the Redskins first of all. Um. Let's talk, Can, can you talk to me a little bit about the, the feel in the, the city, in the area for the name Redskins? Because to me, there's a lot of people that have an issue with the name, but, but nothing has changed. And I, and I find that a little strange considering, you know, recently I was called anti-Semitic for using, uh, abbreviating the word Jewish and people went crazy. Uh-huh. But we have teams like Redskins and Indians and Vikings, like all these names. And I'm trying to figure out is the community in DC is there any issue with it? Has there been any protests about it, like anything like that?
2: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty mixed in terms of the way people feel about it. Obviously, your diehard Redskins fans uh, in the DMV area, they're obviously really uh, mostly attached to that name because that's the name they've always known the team to go by. So they're not going to feel any sort of, you know, uh, racially, they don't feel like the name is in any way sort of insensitive. But it's kind uh, of like a American. team
1: being called the Miami Mexicans or something, right?
2: It, it, in a way, yeah. And then obviously, with, with, when you look at the definition of the word, I mean, it, it, it is pretty accurate to say that it could be termed offensive. Uh, but the Washington Post did a, a, a study with Native Americans uh, during the offseason. And it, most most Native Americans pretty much have said that, you know, they don't really, I, it, I, I'm trying to remember what the phrasing of it is, but it, it pretty much made the name in their, in their perspective. Uh, so, a non-issue in a way.
1: So is it kind of like black people I I using "nigger" instead of nigger? Is it like that where they're just like, you know, we've, we've used, it's our word now, like we don't mind being redskins?
2: I, I guess, but also, I mean, the bigger issue for Native Americans is, is that they've got other things to deal with, you know, like, besides that. Them, yeah, the, the word is like, in, in terms of the things that they're dealing with, it, it's not, it, it, from that poll, I should say, it didn't seem like they viewed it uh, in a very significant, uh, pers- uh, you know, in terms of the order of things right. that, you know, they, they prioritize, it wasn't up there. Right, that's, so, yeah, I that can understand of, that. That kind of the things a little bit, uh, in terms of the way the name is recognized. I mean, out in Richmond during training camp, there was, there was only one protester I saw who was walking around uh, before practice just outside the facility, uh, with a sign that said change the name. But otherwise, it seems like it's been pretty quiet, uh, here locally in terms of the way people view the name ever since, uh, the Washington Post released that poll.
1: Yeah, I don't really believe in those polls. You know, I know there's ways to make numbers look exactly mm-hmm. the way you want them to look. So, I get that. So, let's let's talk about some football. So, they finally got the contract situation settled. Seemed like there was a little issue. What, what was the issue in, in out there in D.C.? What was the issue?
2: Basically, the Redskins didn't want to feel like paying Kirk Cousins was what he thought he deserved, which was, I mean, you really can't blame him based off of one season, really a second half of what he was able to do. Uh, there's still a lot of, of question marks in terms of what Kirk Cousins is capable of doing as a starting NFL quarterback, and I think both sides really played as well as you could. Kirk Cousins understood the leverage that he had, uh, and 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 played about as well as he could Go in ahead. terms of asking for uh, what I think it was he, he's receiving 19.995 million dollars on the franchise tag. Uh, he wanted more than that on an average basis uh, in terms of a multi-year deal, and the Redskins were trying to offer something lower than 19.995. Million. So. They're stuck in the stalemate where it's basically another season of Kirk Cousins trying to prove himself, mm-hmm. But we'll see what he's what he's capable of doing. And I, and I think for Kirk Cousins, it's it's very beneficial to stay in this offense because you kind of see the way that that uh, Jay Gruden and Sean McVay have have just the offense that they already had in place fits what Kirk Cousins is capable of doing. Where mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know if necessarily you could say the case for Robert Griffin III that it was necessarily going to fit him in a way. They're going to have to tailor a lot of things that uh, obviously Mike Shanahan was capable of doing, and also what you're seeing with. Hugh Jackson in terms of incorporating some of the Baylor offense, uh, into the format in which, you know, right. the Redskins didn't do this. They stuck to what they were, their scheme. They stuck to what their, their, uh, you know, their, their, on. their MO and, and their identity and what they wanted to do. And Kirk Cousins and he, even Cole McCoy, they both fit that much better than uh, Robert Griffin III though. So it's going to be interesting to see what Kirk Cousins can do because again, uh, yeah, he might have had a good year, but as you know in the NFL, I mean it's all about what you do lately. And last right. year, can be easily forgotten, as it was with Nick Foles, that one good year that he had. Right, uh, it can mean nothing if he doesn't prove it again this year, and so, he knows that. So
1: to me, I, I I kind of you know I check into. Uh, Redskins Twitter quite often. You guys are a very interesting group. Your media, everyone. Hey, man, funny. That yes, is funny as you hell, guys man. are quite entertaining. I, I'm tempted to follow more people, but I'm a little nervous because it gets a little out of hand. <laughs> Why are you guys still talking about RG3 now that he's gone? Everybody wanted him gone. He's gone now. Why are you guys still talking about it? Why are you messing with him?
2: Hey, it's like that, that ex you can't get rid of. You know, you can't get out of your head. As much as you want to move on and you got, you know, your other girlfriend or boyfriend, you still always think about what could have been. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's what it is with the Redskins, and I, I'm telling you that Week Four game when the Redskins face the Browns and RG three comes back, that's probably mm-hmm. going to be.
1: Mm-hmm. The, I wish I biggest, could be there. Honestly,
2: that, that that's going to be the biggest game of the year. It's a sports event regardless of what it is. Yeah, and if there was even some sports radio talk about what would be bigger, uh, the Nationals in the playoffs, or so that Robert Griffin the third game, and a lot of people voted that RG three game is going to be the biggest sports event here in D.C. Uh, it, it's it's going to be highly anticipated just because. Robert Griffin III was just so special in 2012 that it's hard for people to get that out of their mind. And just the mm-hmm. way that everything unraveled. Uh, it went nasty know, on real his quick. side and also on the organization side. Yeah, I can and relate it's, it's to just, shit
1: getting nasty quick. I, I can relate. And, and it got nasty. <laughs> yeah, it didn't get as nasty got, as I did, only because, you know, RG3 doesn't have a Miko. But it got nasty uh-huh. over there. It got pretty nasty. Yeah, it did. And so, um, and, uh, play, go ahead.
2: He didn't play last year, obviously, so. Mm-hmm. He, he he kept his uh he, he stayed out of the media, stayed out of the limelight, mm-hmm. didn't play at all. And now this is kind of his chance to kind of prove what he's capable of doing still and you know, showing the Redskins organization that, you know, they made the you know, the wrong decision and let him go. And you know, we'll see what happens. But obviously in that second preseason game I thought he looked a lot better. Yeah, uh, you know he could I, what he's doing. Yeah, I'm
1: an undercover Browns fan. People probably already know that, but I'm undercover oh, I yes, I just like them. I just I don't know what it is. You know, I I, I actually just trying to get my you husband like to sign there. <laughs> you like misery? No, that's why we left the Dolphins. We don't like misery. So, um,
2: <laughs> but he. And Browns are out there with misery too.
1: Hey, there's, I, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to go at that <laughs> conversation with Omar, who's going to be behind you. I, I told him, let me, let me talk to you first. But he looked good All so right. far in the preseason. <laughs> has has um cousins played yet? I haven't seen. I didn't see him play in, in game two.
2: Uh, he? Yeah, he did not play in game two. Uh, Jay Gruden rested him. Uh, okay. He's expected to play a hacker in uh, on Friday against the Buffalo Bills. All that we've seen from Kirk Cousins in terms of the preseason was uh, the first, the opening drive against the Atlanta Falcons in the preseason opener. Uh, he went five for five, probably for thirty nine yards. Mm. Uh, it was it was five high com- high completion percentage passes. You know, pretty conservative in terms of what okay. he's capable of doing, just, but just getting to see legs. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what he's capable of doing on Friday. Uh, and, and you know, hopefully you want to see him kind of, basically, you want to see him, uh, convert on third downs, you know, capable of moving the ball down the field, uh, you know, putting some points on the board mm-hmm. and just, you know, showing some sort of functionality in terms of the offense goes. Because this, again, as you know, third game's a dress rehearsal. So you kind of want to see him all put it together mm-hmm. in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the offense with, with him, him back in the game, uh, Trent Williams, uh, who hasn't played at all. Uh, Jordan Reed who hasn't played at all either in terms of the preseason, you know, you want to see all these first few, first team guys put it all together. So that's ways they're, they're ready to go when it comes to the season opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night.
1: Right. Okay. So trench play is very important. Your offensive line, a little shaky D line, looking a little shaky. What's going on?
2: Uh, yeah, the D line is definitely looking shaky. Uh, Offensive line, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, obviously, when you have a left tackle like Trent Williams, it's always going to be looking better than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of it's kind of a uh, uh, brand Sheriff share uh, of last year, obviously the rookie that they drafted uh, in the second year. Very solid guard that they had. Morgan Moses, the right tackle. Mm-hmm. saw a lot of promise last year. Uh, played, played pretty solid. Uh, the question marks are left guard where there's a battle going on between Spencer Long and Sean Laval, mm-hmm. And at center, where Corey Lichtensteiger is there right now, uh, but they don't have any depth behind them. So if he gets hurt, they really don't have a really uh, valuable option as their backup center. So that, those are the two biggest question marks that they have on the offensive line. On the defensive line, it's really just going to be a, a – it's hard to tell what they've got going on right now. Mm-hmm. They're kind of basically just trying to hodgepodge it and see what, they can, uh, what they're what they capable of creating. Uh, Chris Baker had a uh, breakout performance last year as a defensive end, but outside of that, there's just a lot of question marks on the defensive line. They've got a lot of bodies, a lot of, of, of guys who have experience, but they're not uh, starting talent, I would say, in terms of what they're capable of doing. So the biggest thing with the Redskins in the defensive line is that they rotate a lot. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to rely a lot on the rotation depth that they have to try and get by with what they have. And uh, it could have been masked over with some of the outside rushes that they do have, like a Ryan Kerrigan, obviously a Preston Smith who turned on late last year in his rookie season. Uh, but the loss of Junior Gillette was really hurtful. Uh, mm, it, it yeah. hurt a lot of what the of people are doing because you talk about a guy who's just, you know, uh, who, who's just a dynamic pass rusher when he's capable of doing. He came into this group with a lot of energy and a lot of motivation to prove people wrong that he was worth a big year contract and then he was tearing his other Achilles in, uh, another, his other Achilles injury, uh, heel, excuse me. Achilles tendon, I should say, sorry. Uh, so it, the, the, the depth there is also a question mark in terms of the outside linebacker. So, it's going to be hard to tell what they've got in the front unit there uh, on both sides. But that's something that obviously they need to shore up and figure out because, as you know, the game's one of the trenches.
1: Right. That's exactly where it's won. Um, Jay-Z said, I perform like Josh Norman. I ain't normal. Is he looking Norman out there? Or is he looking like a superstar? <laughs> uh,
2: you, you forgot another word out there in that, in that lyric.
1: <laughs> what is it? I'm a I'm, nigga. Uh, you know,
2: it, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to I'm trying to clean myself up a little bit for my dad who's listening. Yeah. Hi, Dad.
2: Oh, he is okay. I'm sorry. I, hey, dad, I can't. Sorry, I can't be bro. all the way no.
1: clean. He knows it. I, I try. Yeah.
2: He's, uh, he's know, supposed to be still, the anchor of
1: that secondary, though, right? So, what, what? 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 Tell me what it's looking like.
2: Of course. I mean, when you get paid that much, you know, you got to be that that number one lockdown corner that they're expecting out of him. The biggest thing with him is that he's still learning the system. He's still learning the team, the players around him. Mm-hmm. He's still getting comfortable. You could see obviously some of the early struggles that a lot of people will try to exploit on Twitter in terms of some of the one on one coverages that he was dealing with. But as we both know, um, especially you, those one on one sessions that you see are ga- geared and tailored it's, for the offensive player it, to have an in, advantage.
1: Are you talking about practice?
2: Yeah, we're talking about practice. Oh we're my god. Are practice. we
1: talking about practice? This is what's we're so funny to practice. me. Like I, I totally love when my husband does something dope in practice, but When he gets scored on or someone catches a ball on him in one-on-one drills, like I laugh at the people that say, oh, he got burned. Like it's one-on-one drills. It is very difficult. It's equivalent to someone being on a full basketball court and saying, don't let someone catch a pass. Like that's very yeah. difficult. So I I hate when people judge corners based on someone catching a pass. That's not considered burnt. You're not burnt because someone catches a pass. You know how you get burnt when someone catches a pass and runs the hell right by you and scores a touchdown. If someone gets tackled, in man, yeah, in in man, yeah, it's it's so weird. It
2: you ain't got over you. Say again when you have man coverage and there's no safety help and you get burned like that yeah. Yeah. You that, got that, burned that, on that. That is getting burned. Yeah. yeah so exactly. just
1: a catching a pass is not getting burned. I, I'm I know Josh Norman's game a little bit. I actually watched him a lot when people started saying he was the best corner in the league. And I know that that defense over there and, and I, I I I'm afraid I don't believe I don't believe it's equivalent to Byron Maxwell leaving the Seahawks, but that's what I was afraid of because when you have a guy in a system like what the, the Panthers had, and they had just dogs everywhere. You know what I mean? So it's kind of easy to be in the corner position on a defense like that. I'm not saying he was not good. I just said I want to see him out of that system where he has a dog-ass D-line. He's got linebackers that are freaking crazy. Their weakness was definitely safety, but he looked really, really good in Carolina. So I was wondering how he would look in Washington. And what's your early estimation of his game so far?
2: It's honestly, we're still trying to figure that out. I mean, it's hard to tell because they only got one series in Atlanta. And he didn't play in the second game as okay. Jay Gruden and rested a lot of his starters. Uh, so this, this, this game on Friday is going to be really interesting to see just how he's, he's capable to guard some of these guys that, that Bills have, especially when you look at a guy like Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, what he's capable of doing in terms of, you know, with the scheme and some of the zone principles and the coverages that he has. That's some of the things we're still trying to wait and see, trying to figure out. So for me, honestly, I, I, the way I view it, he's going to be tested a lot. Mm-hmm. In those first couple games, because you're talking about, especially Week One, you look at the the receivers that he's gonna have to face against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Obviously, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be uh, you know guarding Antonio Brown the entire game, but facing a guy like that at that caliber, you already know it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've already got a plethora of, of wide, yeah. even though they always end up losing wide receivers, but they always end up finding some random dude you never heard of that's gonna ball out there.
1: Yeah, well, you have when you have always, when you have Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball like. As long as you have got speed and some hands, I think you can make anybody a star. Now I'm not saying that's all AB is because he's a dog. He arguably the best receiver oh, he's in the league. A dog. Yeah, but a. It, it doesn't yeah. help that he has all the other stuff too. But in Pittsburgh, you've got a great quarterback. and He's going to put the ball exactly where it needs to be. So all you have to do is do your job, and that's tough on a corner. That's tough to face a, a quarterback like him. And I know he's got to face Odell twice. Um, mm-hmm. Who else has he got to
2: see? You, you want to come to them games
1: too, don't you? I, I wish. I w- <laughs> I'm telling you, once my husband <laughs> retires, I'm going to be popping up at all the dope games like like a regular old fan. Like People are going to be like, what's wrong with her? But he's going to be coming with me. Cause <laughs> Brent's only been to one NFL game his whole life where he wasn't playing once. And I and I took him to a playoff game. So he doesn't go to games at all, but he said he's going to go with me to uh, finish my bucket list of, of, you know, seeing a game in every stadium in the United States. He said he's going to go with me. So I'm definitely gonna be gonna be like watching, dude,
2: huh? Dolphins jersey. Y'all gonna be like that dude, the Miami Dolphins, uh, the Miami Marlins jersey that's always at every single game. Right no, 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 no no. Plate
1: or no, no, not not every. No, I'm going to every a stadium, every stadium in the NFL. Oh, okay. I've got eight left you that I haven't. To to
2: every big game.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to match it up to be in a stadium that I've never been in. That's a big game, like you know, just try to get it all in in one loop. Because I've got eight games, eight stadiums. Anyway, this is off subject. Tell me about what <laughs> you think the record um, is going to be at the end of the season. Estimate, prediction, whatever you got. When,
2: when, when if, you, if Junior was healthy, I was thinking around ten wins. But when Junior hurt, it's tough to tell now. I, I'd probably knock it down to either eight and eight or nine and seven. It just depends, and I really think it's going to come down that last week when they face the Giants in Week Seventeen. I think that game will determine the division. To be honest, uh, it, mm. it's, it's when you look at the when you look at the division. The Cowboys have too many pass rushers who are suspended throughout the season, and I think it's going to be too much for them to overcome.
0: Mm. In this league,
2: as much as people want to talk about quarterbacks, you've got to have pass rushers these days, because as much as people are throwing the ball, you got to be able to bring pressure on the quarterback to make them uncomfortable, and when you have Randy Gregory and DeMarcus Lawrence out for as long as they are, I think it's going to hurt the Cowboys in the long run, regardless of what they have on offense. And then you look at the Eagles, obviously, I think they'll have a formidable defense with some of the guys they have, obviously, Fletcher Cox, Malcolm Jenkins. They have some solid guys on defense, but offensively i don't think they'll be able to muster up enough uh with whoever whether sandbath out there or whether Carson wins is jumping in late in the season i just don't think they have enough on offense with with the wide receivers and weapons that they have on that team uh the redskins the biggest question with them is just going to be defensively if they're capable of 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 improving from last season and whether kirk cousins can can show what he did in the second half of last year like for for kirk cousins it's it's pretty simple, man. He's got some really good weapons in terms of uh offensively with Jordan Reed, Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jack. They just added Josh Doxon. You guys the James running back is, is, run-
1: is your running back healthy? Oh, uh Matt,
2: Jones. Jones, right? Matt Jones. Yeah, he's gonna miss the rest of the preseason. Uh What's what? they, they what called happened? it a second degree A C sprain, uh, in his left shoulder that he hurt against oh. the Jets on Friday. Uh he says the pain is more tolerable now, but uh we'll see how it is. Durability has been a question mark with him in his second season. He missed the last four games last year, including uh, the playoff game with a hip issue. So durability and and, obviously, uh, his turnover situation. He had, I think, about five fumbles last year. Mm. Those have been the two biggest question marks with Matt Jones. And if he ends up getting hurt, you look at their backup options, and you're just scrapping to find out what they've got back there. But they've really got nothing. Uh, Chris Thompson's the third down back, and then they've got uh, Keith Marshall, the rookie out of Georgia, that they drafted in the seventh round. Unproven guy and an undrafted rookie, uh, Robert Kelly out of Tulane, uh, who's shown some flashes, but still is also unproven. So they need Matt Jones to be healthy and take care of the football to show some sort of balance on all
1: Mm. So I've watched the uh, the Giants play a little preseason. I saw a little bit against the Dolphins. I saw a little bit against the Eagles. They didn't look very good. Now, granted, these are mostly backups in these games, but that tells me a lot sometimes because injuries happen, like you said, and I feel you're uh-huh. only as strong as your weakest link. Um, do the do the Giants challenge – it sounded like the vision is going to be 8-8 eight eight all the way around again except the Eagles. They probably will be maybe 6-10, and 10, you think? What are you guessing? Because the Giants,
2: I mean – the, the biggest thing with them is, I mean, they spend a lot of money in the offseason. Yeah, you know, Olivier Vernon, obviously, Janorah uh, Jenkins. They they dropped a lot of they dropped a lot of dough uh, yeah. trying to like prove. It's basically like a last ditch effort, if you want to say, in terms of trying to piece it all together with what they got. Because they're and, good on offense. And,
1: they, you and, don't you don't you agree? They're pretty set up on offense. They've got a good thing going with Odell and Eli. Uh,
2: you know. I pre- mean, you can, you got Odell, I mean that I mean he he's he's a dynamic offensive threat, a superstar. I mean that that's gonna work. on, on the offensive line, you know, with Eric Flowers, we'll see what they're capable of doing there. Uh but what they've got what Sterling Shepard that they drafted, an, an interesting rookie as well. Uh we'll see what they got. Victor Cruz is back, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Uh and and they've always got a hodgepodge of running backs. That, right, you know.
1: Always, always kind of <laughs> sleep uh, yes. off. You know, How do they, they do that all like the like time?
2: Stars. Yeah.
1: So, so now so we we'll, we'll got. What so, what do you think, eight and eight with them as well? Ten. What, what are you thinking? Because I can't really tell looking at the preseason. Eight
2: eight. I, I think they'll be around eight and eight as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. As, as we know in the NFL, you spend though that doesn't necessarily mean anything in the NFL. No. It can all just blow up in your face. Yeah, regardless of how much you won the off season or whatever with free agency, it, it, it doesn't matter because you as you all know play. with free agency. It's like, it takes a lot of guys a year or two to adapt to a new system, a new team, a new scheme. And sometimes the guys that you spend a lot of money on because they're the most attractive free agents, they probably just don't fit your scheme, period. Mm-hmm. So, and especially with a guy like Norris Jenkins, I'm not really high on him. I think he's still got a lot to prove, and it's a guy that you get that guy to kind of dough is he's still going to be motivated. And mm-hmm. as you know, in the NFL, some guys have to get that bread.
1: I never understand that. I
2: mean, I never,
1: that Yeah, I'll never understand that part of it. I never, I never really – I hear that a lot, but I don't – I don't know if I've ever witnessed that. I hear it, but I'm not sure I've ever witnessed somebody just not caring. I just really think this is just what I think. I think guys get paid a lot of money when they're in a certain system, and then they come over to a different system that doesn't fit them. The other players aren't the same around them. They're asked to perform like a superstar they were paid like, and then we find out they're really not that star. They really aren't. They were actually on the coattail of some great players that were around them in good pieces, and they looked well. Not saying that's what he's doing. I'm just saying that sometimes that's really what happens. It is not that they got the money and and was unmotivated. They just really weren't that talented. And I sound dumb when I say stuff like that. When the contract is signed, I'm like, this dude's not worth that. And then he looks like shit. And then people were like, damn, you were right. And I'm like, the system, sometimes you have to remove a player from the system and say, if I put blank player in here, would he perform well? Yes, because of all the people around them. So it's not always losing the motivation. It's really people getting exposed. We saw that with Namdi. Come on now, come on now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> come on now, that
1: happens. And, and a lot. the biggest,
2: eyebrow, I, I raise my eyebrows on Janoris Jenkins, especially when the Reds, uh, the Rams, excuse me, had two cornerbacks who were free agents, and they chose to tag Tremaine Johnson over Janoris Jenkins. But that's a, that sometimes me, that tells you something. It do. It really do. You, you kind yeah. of wonder. You kind of question yourself. Hold up. why, why, why they choose him over Janoris when Janoris is obviously the most he's more well known and i do like tremaine johnson as well but when you have to pick a a, a choice at those two, uh, at a position where you've got two guys that you're trying to keep and, you, and pick, you decide to keep one and don't even like attempt to try and resign the other one and he ends up signing a lot of bread as he does in new york it, it kind of makes me question whether he like you said if he's worth all that money yeah and we we, we first, for, you, you know it? one thing we
1: do do is find out on sundays we find out on you, sundays
2: hey Hey, don't lie.
1: The eye Scott don't lie. Man, tell me about it. Um, switch subject. Dak Prescott. I want him. I want him.
2: Right man, now. I want him. He looks good. He looks good, I want to figure out how like he
1: went that far in the draft. Everyone's telling me he doesn't have the prototypical size. I'm hearing the same stuff I heard about Russell uh, Wilson. What is – what is – 135th overall? Like, what, what – how, how did he go that deep? How? He broke 20-something Listen records at Mississippi State. Like –
2: he can play some. Come football. on, we know we know how the draft works. It's all hype. Right. It's all hype. Right. I mean, you see a guy like Christian, Hack- like a Christian Hackenberger who gets Christian Hackenberger who gets picked before a guy like Dak Prescott who's been more proven in terms of what he's capable of doing in college. Guys like to you know gets caught up in the prototypical size and the arm strength and all these other things, but it don't matter. Hackenberg never showed really much in college to begin with, right? I wasn't really high on him at all, and you're seeing that now in the Jets because he still hasn't played the preseason,
1: right? You see a guy who started Sorry. yeah who was a backup his sophomore year pl- started junior and senior year, broke all these records amazing player and he still goes that low in the draft it's it's weird I you know Tony Romo's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL um I was always concerned with if Tony retired or if he got injured again or something happened how the Cowboys would would, would make it and and after seeing Dak I'm just like well they're good
2: Yeah they're good and I don't like over- in the preseason either but man he's a look- he, he looks so advanced. He for great
1: to start on somebody's he's, team right now.
2: <laughs> Somebody needs him. He's making him. out throws. He's he's making great decisions in terms of where he you know. He seems his smart. he has been great. He, he just he knows when to run. He knows when to tuck it in. He knows when to stay in the pocket. He's aggressive. Pocket. It's, yeah, it's, 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 he's been fantastic. And the Cowboys seem like they stole one there because, like you said, I I like Tony Romo a lot too. But you know, Tony Romo's gonna get hurt eventually. It's just, it's just I, way I don't, don't want to say
1: that. I don't want to say it.
2: Come on now, hey, Miko. Come on now. I'm not it, saying it, it, it. I'm not, not saying only time it again. It happens. Something's gonna happen to Tony Romo. He, even behind that great offensive line, that's just where his body is now. He's getting older, and it, his body is not capable of, yeah. of
1: withstanding
2: a sixty. Well, that's seasons, why they. So spend, go.
1: That's why they spend all that money it, it, on the offensive line.
2: <laughs> that's yeah, their job. They have,
1: but look, prop him up. You saw last year.
2: I mean, as you saw last year, though, I mean that that's the reason why it was kind of surprising that the Redskins won the division because I thought the Cowboys were going to win. I thought the Cowboys they were could supposed have been, to. You know,
1: but he was out for a while too. He he missed some games early on as well.
2: Yeah, and it just his absence. You just saw how much that hurt them when they didn't have a quality backup behind him. And you can see what the difference could make. Even though Dak Prescott obviously still is a rookie and still has a lot to do, he seemed more capable of serving in that backup role than anything they had last year, in Matt Castle or Kellen Moore.
1: Yeah. We, we We totally skipped the Eagles. This is not fair to the people that want to hear about the NFC East. You have to talk to me about uh, what's going on in Philly. Talk to me, please.
2: I mean, a first-year head coach, I think they'll have a formidable defense, like I said earlier. Uh, but, again, offensively, I, I just don't see them having enough. You know, when, when you look at a guy like Sam Bradford, we started, or even Chase Daniels, as they give Carson Wentz some time to develop.
1: I don't believe in Chase Daniels whatsoever.
2: Yeah, and and I don't I don't necessarily I, I I used to like Sam Bradford a lot, but I I just think he's so he's so mentally broken in terms of how many times he's gotten hurt. That, you think his mind can't he's too, who's too too focused yeah, when, on
1: getting hit. When he feels
2: the pocket, collapse, he feels the pocket collapse and he just starts crumbling. Yeah, and you bring pressure on him. Yeah, that's what's going to happen to him. So regardless of how talented he is, it, it's all mentally. It seems like it's all mentally with him in terms of everything that he's had to go through. And you look at the. The weapons that they have, what Nelson Aguilar is their best wide receiver option right now. They mm. still got Brent Selleck, obviously. Uh, but, you know, Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles, like, Ruben Randall's, what their other starting wide receiver most likely, they just traded for Doyle Green Beckham, who's still improving as well and really, really raw. Offensively, they just don't have enough.
1: Yeah, and in this league, you know, offense is is where you 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 bread you butter your bread. Honestly, defense comes in behind you and and tr- kind of keeps leads for you and give you extra de- um, possessions and all those things. But on offense, you really got to put some points up in this league, or you're going to find yourself with a lot of L's.
2: Absolutely, it's just a different league now. I mean, you got to yeah. be able to pass the football. Mm-hmm. You got you got to be able to put up points, and even if you don't have a great defense, you just need a defense that can just you know that that'll bend but don't break. Have a mentality where you keep your points per game average somewhere in a a decent range, and you can give up a lot of yards if you want to. But you know, once you get down the red zone, you clamp up and hold a field goal every now and then to give your offense an opportunity. That's that's really what it comes down to these days.
1: Pretty much. So give me a give me a give me a final. You got to pick one. Who's come? Who's coming out of the NFCs? Pick a team. Who's
2: it going to be? I I mean, people going to think I'm biased, but right now, I I, I give I give the slight edge to the Redskins over the Eagles. Excuse me, over the Giants. And then I put the Cowboys in third, and then after that I I, I put the Eagles in last place. Uh, just, just with the Cowboys, I, I think they would have been competitive, but all these extensions that they have, especially a pass rusher like I was saying, it, it's so crucial to have good pass rushers. And Gregory and Lawrence have the potential to be really good pass rushers. But if you're mm-hmm. missing that much time, as they will be doing, that's just a lot to give up. Uh, and, and as you know, if you fall in that early hole, those first four games of the season, you're going to spend the entire year trying to crawl out of it like the Cowboys tried to do last year and it just doesn't work out like that it's hard to come out of that hole within a game season
1: well I'm going to give you my prediction it's going to be the Cowboys and it's really because I think the best quarterback in the division is Tony Romo and I think the best backup is Dak Prescott so I'm going to go with the Cowboys I got no clue of how it's really going to work out but I'm just going to that's just my (laughs) prediction but I'm gonna be watching. I appreciate you joining me so much. Can you tell everybody your Twitter and any other way they can find your work and stuff you got going on?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know you can catch me at theWashingtonPost.com uh, and the blog on the Insider. Work with Mike Jones and Liz Clark, so we're doing you know most comprehensive covers in terms of the Redskins uh, that you'll find. And you can find me on Twitter at Master Tes. That's Master M A S P E R T E S on Twitter. I'm pretty active on there. I talk about pretty much everything. You so do. I like to have you fun you do. On there.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm definitely going to have you, you know, back on because okay. when, whenever you're um the Redskins or any of these um, NFC East pl- teams play a Monday night game, I'm going to be looking for you to come chime in and give me some some insider stuff. And that week 17, that week four, let's tweet about it, baby. <laughs> hey, no
2: doubt. Hey, when you come to FedEx Field, let me know.
1: I absolutely will.
2: All right, Take talk care, to Rico. you later.
1: All right, bye bye. Wow, a guy named Master. I just interviewed a sports reporter with the name Master. That's pretty, it's rare. It's rare. I find the most rarest, the the most rarest, the rarest human beings on earth. But he's very knowledgeable. That was our first time talking. He came highly recommended by my second guest, who I will be calling up shortly, Omar Kelly. Everybody knows me and Omar. We've had a great relationship for a long time. He was my co-host on my radio show. Uh, on his radio show that became our radio show in miami he's like a family member to me and everything and he's going to discuss the afc east like no one else omar um writes for the miami dolphins and highly knowledgeable young man knows all of his shit so we're going to get omar on here what up what up omar
0: Chilling What's happening?
1: oh no i gotta give you omar what up omar uh, I got to give you the island version of your name. Amar. 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 Yes. What's popping in Miami?
0: Not much, man. It's hot as hell, but you should know that already.
1: Yeah, I I do know that. So I just got off with Master. We broke down the NFC East. Uh, He's very knowledgeable, smart guy, funny. We had a good conversation. Thank you for uh, referring him to come holler at me. Yeah. So now
0: he, yeah he's go he, he like that wretched shit like you like.
1: Oh god. <laughs> We're going to be good friends then. He and I are going to be yeah, very he, very good friends if if if, if what you're saying is true.
0: <laughs> he, he's always busy disrespecting Jay-Z.
1: Oh, go. see I'm not going to have it, any issue with him with doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to take I don't take issue with people with their hip hop. I don't. I don't argue with people about hip hop because I'm obviously the worst hip hop critic in the world because I like Kendrick Lamar. I like Drake. You know, I like Who people. Don't
0: like Kendrick Lamar. People
1: yeah. think Kendrick's like trash. People think Drake is trash. Oh, what
0: yes. A person thinks Kendrick's trash. A lot of That's people. Per- that, that is the last person that you should ever listen to, ever. I, I don't listen
1: to a lot of people. You already know that. That's why I don't discuss hip hop. I, I discuss things that 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 are good to discuss, you know, like food and, and clothing and all that stuff. When you start talking about religion, hip hop or uh politics, race, all those things, it's like uh uh-uh, uh I can't I can't deal with people. I can't. Yeah. But um so let's get into this. You ready for this?
0: I'm ready. I'm you ready?
1: ready? Dolphins first. What are we looking like?
0: Uh probably about a six to eight win team uh I just think they're not a very deep team as you know they don't have consistent quarterback play and when I say consistent quarterback play I'm talking about a guy you know is going to show up and, and give you 21 to 24 points on, on on every Sunday uh he is high and then he's low and then when you average it all out Ryan Tannehill is just average um then defensively I really don't think they have that many pieces to, to play the scheme that they want to play. And they might just take some L's early playing this scheme to try to figure out what are the right pieces for this wide nine mm. and then go out and go, go get, get the players to, to, to play it and utilize it. But you know, they had a very offensive heavy draft and, and defense took an L during that situation. It looks like they're going to take an L during the season because they don't have that much depth at linebacker, at cornerback, at defensive tackle, and those are very three important pieces to your defense. And, and then their ends, uh, we'll see when the season starts, but uh, a lot of them are aged. Mario mm-hmm. Williams can barely move. Cam Wake is 34, a situational pass rusher right now. Nobody knows if he can set the edge. And then, you know, you got Andre Branch and Jason Jones. Uh, Andre Branch is have been shown a little bit of promise but he's always been a tease and then Jason Jones is in his 30s as well.
1: Well, you know, last a lot year of unknowns. Last year the, the the problem was they needed a running back, they needed to fix the offensive line, they needed a linebacker and they needed a secondary. So they walked back into the season with the same issues.
0: No, pretty much except you know, I don't I don't think they needed a running back after they got ready, you know, after they let Lamar Miller go. Um. Yeah. Certainly, they need. Well, to yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. They, that walking. That's what at the end of the season we all. I knew he was leaving. Yeah. I don't know why you yeah, didn't. You, know. le-
0: you leave the season <laughs> with the same concerns that you entered. You you basically enter the season with the same concerns that you left the season. Which means you didn't have a very good off season.
1: So um, this this is, is a building can... year. Like year five of the building. <laughs> yeah, it, the building fund.
0: It, this has been a building decade. Because <laughs> 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 to, to call it a year. Uh, is an understatement it's been a building decade
1: okay you're just making me feel so much better about not being there by the way um Uh,
0: you know I told you y'all need to get the hell up out
1: (laughs) yeah we did um so so um six and ten is what you're predicting what what can make it an eight and eight team what what could happen (laughs) to get the dolphins to eight and eight which is you know what they've pretty much been outside of last year The other few years that Ryan Tannehill has been the quarterback, they've been able to make it to eight and eight, which is something I think is impressive considering you don't you just have an average quarterback and you've never really had the defense to back up an average quarterback. What is it going to take for them to get to eight and eight and potentially, possibly, I don't know, get into that post play?
0: I I think the there are three factors that I think can change this team and make them a winner. They have to have a consistent running game. Um, I'm talking about being one of the top eight rushing teams in the NFL when you need well, on first down, you, you get those four yards. So you, you, are forcing second and six or third and six. Um, you got to lighten the load for Ryan Tannehill's shoulders. Um, the next thing I think that could help them is if Adam Gaze can really polish up Ryan and turn him into a more consistent quarterback, especially in clutch situations like third down fourth quarter red zone if he can consistently deliver in those three areas that he's he's generally struggled throughout his career i think that they can take a next take the next step and then defensively uh defense has to be good they have to they have to provide pressure they've got to create turnovers and if they can't be good if those three things happen all three of them happen this could be an 11-1 team if one of them happens I think they have the potential to be an eight and 18. Uh, but you know, they've got such a small margin for, for error. And, and as you know, in the NFL, it's, it's about survival from an injury standpoint and mm-hmm. they're not a very deep team. So you're talking about one injury to Kiko Alonso or Rashad Jones or, um, you know, just the, or, or, J- Jawan James, just the wrong player, you know. right now, the battle with Mike he has got a hip injury. I just so heard about injury. that.
1: That hurt me because you know that's yeah. the homie.
0: Yeah, one one injury, and you know, season's a wash.
1: So, um let's talk about the. um Okay, let's let's get off the offense for a second The defense. Um, last year, as you saw, the defense, everybody said the secondary was trash, the linebackers were trashed. The safety obviously was one of the, the best standout position on the defense with Rashad Jones tackling like he was a linebacker. What what do you see? I, I watched um what game was that? The Cowboys game. The
0: Dallas game.
1: Cowboys yeah. game. I saw Maxwell. Um how do you what what are you thinking? What's what do you think about him?
0: I think he's a decent cornerback. I think if he's exclusively on the right side
1: why, why does he get to pick the right side with that contract? why do you why would you put a guy with that contract on the side the balls don't come on? very often
0: it comes it comes on that side cuz Dez Bryant was on that side Dez Bryant went on that side
1: on that. to challenge him Des Bryant lines up on the <laughs> other side we all know that Brent Grimes has covered Dez Bryant it's always on the left so let's let's keep it real now this is i heart miko podcast let's keep it real
0: here's the thing let him do what he's comfortable with, and he even says he's he want he can shadow. He's not scared to shadow. Let's let's be real. Let let let's not have you get eaten up by some of the best receivers unless they're coming to your side where you're comfortable. I just think that some guys, not every cornerback, deserves to shadow a, a wide receiver. It's difficult. Or to, it's they, very it's difficult. It's not
1: easy. It's n- not easy. And my ass. I mean, it's fucking difficult. That is a large. Yes football field you have to literally stop a man who is a multimillionaire, who's fast as shit who's athletic as shit who's got hands
0: who, who's gonna get targeted 10, yes times. and you're asking yes.
1: someone to not allow him to get a hundred yards on you and, if possible
0: and, and and wherever and wherever he lines up you go slot or, uh, you gotta go and then you gotta remember your retirement and where your life yes is and where you saved yes it's not meant for everybody. It's and, not. And people don't understand. I, I, I don't encourage a wide receiver shadowing a elite receiver. Not a
1: whole game. I don't game.
0: think it's. I don't think it's not. It's, it's not a stupid. whole game. and it, 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 To me, for some guys, it benefits them because, like Revis, it makes his career. Even though Revis can be beat, Revis gets beat. Yeah. Um, you know, Revis, the value of Revis is that the refs let him mug
1: people to yes. death.
0: Um, That's his style
1: of play. He, I mean, it's not anymore because yeah. he can't do all the, the things he used to do, especially the new rules, and he's getting a little slower and everything. So Revis ain't picking nobody up full court the, the whole season like he used to. The only person that I saw do that in the last three years was Brent Grimes, of course. But I, I saw a tweet that you said, somebody said something about um Maxwell getting burned, and you said, it was a perfectly thrown ball. Yeah.
0: You, I do believe that. You believe that. You, it believe, a, that. you I believe, believe it was a very.
1: <laughs> Did you see how many a, yards off the receiver Maxwell was?
0: I didn't look at exactly where his position I'm was. A, I'm going to send you a, the, a video the, the ba-
1: just so you can have
0: it. The ball was absolutely in the corner of the end zone. I mean, it could not have been placed in a better position to where there's a turnaround and caught that thing in the coffin corner and
1: it was it was i I think you i think you looked down or something i think you looked down i think you didn't see it the ball was short if you're ever going to get beat what you would want is a short ball that was a short ball des bryant was the ball was supposed to be thrown over his left shoulder did you see caught on his right shoulder
0: um yeah, I thought he called it an amazing pass. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. The
1: ball was short. Dez had to stop to go back and get the ball. I'm going to show you a video. My point is this. This is my point. I feel truly truly feel that Maxwell is not a great corner. He's not a bum. He de- he belongs in the NFL. No. But the money yeah, they paid the, the money they paid, I feel yeah. like they should have probably gone more offensive line. I'm not really sure how come they keep Blaming the offensive line for Tannehill's, um, issues, but they won't ever really address it in a, in a, in a way that makes everyone think like, listen, we're going to go get everything you asked for and see how he works then. That's not realistic. Okay. It's not realistic. It's not realistic to sign Sue to the contract he had and Tannehill to contract and still be able to build a team. And I think what's happening now is there, the pieces are falling apart down there because the money isn't being balanced.
0: I, I think the depth on the team, the roster depth.
1: The reason you don't have the depth bit, is because you paid the wrong people. I'm not saying Sue is not a good player. Okay. I'm saying I, you could have you could have signed Jared Audric. Yes. You could have signed Jared Audric and then gotten two great backups, and you would have still had money left from what the Sue contract you signed.
0: I, I, I'm not saying that I disagree with your theory, but the Dolphins have like 60 million dollars in cap space. They they could go out and make any move that they wanted. Why aren't they? they? Chose uh, because they want to carry it over to the next year. And well, then not, it's a building
1: year. Open. Then we talk. We talk about a building year again.
0: Then. It's been a building decade. They usually <laughs> carry over like nine million, to seventeen yeah. million dollars of, of capital. So they're they're basically years. saying they
1: this work. year is a wash. We cool with this. We're going to ride this out. They're
0: not going all in this year. Yeah, they're not discovering. And, and and that that I will honestly say was the same thing about uh, Joe Philbin's first year in 2012. You were part. Or, you yeah, no, you. I was there in
1: 13. I came the
0: next year. Yeah. But it was about discovering what you had, what you want to invest in, the young players. What they hope and, what they hope and believe is that some young player is going to raise their hand and say, Hey, I want to be a baller. Put mm-hmm. me in a game. And that player will go in the game and they'll have the next Jarvis Landry. That's their hope. Now, the reality is Jarvis Landry's don't come around, but once a decade. Uh, you don't get lucky and get a Brink Rhymes, but maybe once a decade. Like, I can't say that because they got Cameron Wake in 2009 and Bryn Grimes in 2013. So twice a decade. So you're, you're sitting here banking on, you know, finding elite draft picks. And trust me, none of these draft picks are elite. Um, and, and, and finding hidden gems that you can get at discounted discounted prices uh, for, to, to coming off an injury to build an entire franchise. And that's just not going to be realistic. They're not that talented. Mario Williams who was probably their one of their biggest signings this offseason. He looks horrible. I mean, I keep hearing six, that six three hundred six six three hundred pounds can't get off a block. Um, wasn't really setting the edge that well, and the, the the questions about his motor. You you have to wonder because I haven't really seen this man. This man, I've seen him destroy the Dolphins in, in past years. I haven't even seen him. I, everybody gets a sack on the quarterback, Mario Williams. He don't get sacks. Right, mm-hmm. like you got Julius Warmsley out there tearing up Ryan Tannehill, and Mario Williams, not really.
1: This is a building year. I'm moving on. Let's 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 get to your 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 rival, the Jets. What are we looking at in, oh, yeah. in New York?
0: Man, I, uh, let me let me let you know that I think that the Jets, from a talent standpoint, are, and this is Patriots fans your are going to find the sacrilege, are probably the most talented team in the AFC East not factoring in Tom Brady. If we just take Tom Brady off the, t- off the Patriots.
1: Well, that's because you can't you compare it- any team to Tom Brady. See, the thing is that the Patriots never look like anything on paper because they don't have to. Because they have two of the most yep. important weapons you would ever want in the NFL, which is Bill Belichick and Tom motherfucking Brady. So you don't. Know, the rest of yeah. your roster can be trash, Dookie shit. So long as you got somebody that can catch, and as long as you got some people that that can defend, because they're always gonna get pressure on the quarterback. No, uh,
0: you, you know what? The, let's not disrespect Bill Belichick like that. Because guys mean? like Dion Lewis have no. never had a good career until he gets with Bill Belichick. Guys like Rob. Why did, are you
1: saying did, did disrespect did sports- him?
0: Because he finds pieces that nobody else can really. How am get I disrespecting him? Of?
1: Why are you saying disrespect? I just said it doesn't because matter. We
0: we see, we're sitting here that they can play with anybody. They can. just like
1: this. There's systems, Omar. I don't know why you haven't figured that there are systems in play. You can plug anybody yeah. in if you have an amazing system and if you know how to get this person to do exactly what's needed in your system. An NFL player can do what an NFL player can do. Does that mean they're amazing, the best player at that position? No, but if you find someone that can follow the rules, follow the instructions, and you tell them exactly what to do, they will perform well, well enough to get Tom Brady enough time to throw the goddamn ball and beat everybody.
0: Yeah, but let's look at, for example, and and I'll play on what you said. They put a lot of resources into their offensive line. Uh, Shaquille Mason, John Happalo. Um, traded for Jonathan Cooper, drafted Trey Jackson. How many? Um, how know, many? How
1: uh, How good was their offensive line last year? Terrible, right? And and allegedly it was terrible a bunch year. of nobodies. And, and, and how well did they do?
0: Uh, they, they they were a quarter from being in the Super Bowl. So, yes? like I said, okay. if <laughs>
1: I, I'm happy <laughs> that they actually went out and got some guys you respect, but I promise you if they got the regular same old guys, they would still get damn near to the Super Bowl every year. No shade. You're it's not right. a diss. It's not a this, diss on Belichick. I, I know that some of these guys are actually talented and he does go out and look for talent. But what I think he looks for is people that will fit in his system.
0: That, that's true. And he carves out a very specific role for mm-hmm. players like Terrence Knighton and, and Jabal Sheard and Chris Long and, you know, and, 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 but then he also helps guys like Malcolm Butler become "quote unquote" elite. Devin McCordy become "quote unquote" elite.
1: But that's people um, people that, that have... don't know football calling them elite. Malcolm Butler is an, a great elite. cornerback. Malcolm Butler is young. He had an amazing moment in a Super Bowl. Shout out to him. He's not an elite corner in the NFL. That's just my opinion. No,
0: I, I, I <laughs> people I are calling him elite you,
1: because but... he got an interception in the end zone that kind of pretty much sealed the game. That's a that's he, he a, a p- nice. He had a nice. He
0: had a nice year last Nice. Year. It he was a very, very nice.
1: Year. But if you call him elite, I'm gonna have to wonder. You know what I'm saying? No. I'm, I'm I'm questioning some things because Malcolm Butler is. There's no shade in this. There's no shade. But I'm not calling him elite. He hasn't shown me elite. He,
0: he's a very good. He's a very
1: yeah. I mean, when, when you got Jonathan he'd be, be Frif- he'd be the best corner on y'all team if he came over there probably.
0: Yeah. When you got like like Jonathan Freeney who we had here in the Dolphins for yeah. what, six years as a backup linebacker, special team guy, starting as your inside linebacker for the Patriots, mm-hmm. that just shows you a tremendous coaching. Tremendous. It, it's not, because I watched Jonathan Butler. I watched Jonathan Freeney. And there's nothing special about him. There's absolutely nothing special about him. He's a good athlete. He does what he's told. You know, Koa Misi could go be a Super Bowl, could go be a pro bowler for Bill Belichick, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and you know, I like Koa. There's, there's nothing special about Koa. Koa is never going to make a play. He's just always going to do what you ask him to do. Well, and he, you do know properly.
1: what, Koa, you need to go to, to New England because you're wasting your life over here in Miami. Go, go get you a rainbow. No. <laughs> <laughs> we jumped off the Jets. Get back to Jets because I want to talk about Fitz. I want to talk about Brandon Marshall. I want to talk about Revis. Like, get back on the Jets. What, what are the, the Jets are the best, <laughs> best team on paper early. I think
0: I think talent wise they're the best team. Great Mm -hmm. receiving core, arguably one of the top two receiving core. You know, arguably one of the top two duos in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really can't put up another duo better than Brandon Marshall and 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 Eric Decker. Um, They've got a very good offensive line, physical running game. Uh, Matt Forte, hopefully, will will be the Matt Forte of of uh, you know old. He's getting a little bit old in the tooth right now, but I think he's got got a ton of talent uh, still left in the tank. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, he tanked at the end of the season, but we all know that he's a, he he's a game manager. He can get it done. The question is, can he improve on his accuracy? And and then the defense that Casey Rogers has put together, you know, that's a I forceful know Casey. defensive line. Like
1: the, the the Jets, even, boy, even they will the, get to your quarterback if nothing else. They will get there.
0: Even with the losses that they took on 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 in free agency, mm-hmm. um, they have still got a very physical and forceful defensive line. And you know, Casey Rogers can just go find somebody like a Jarvis Jenkins added yeah. to the roster, and and, and that player. Will eventually make an impact, perhaps, perhaps be dynamic. Um, I would say if, I, if there was a weakness about the Jets, it would be their linebacker core. Um, you know, Bruce Carter did nothing in Dallas. Um, to think Aaron Henderson, you know, come on, Is to think that that you you've added the necessary pieces that can help you get to the next level, I, I completely disagree. But then again, when you've got a secondary that plays as well as they have played in the past. Um mm-hmm. you, you can you can take some chances with the linebacker.
1: Right. So okay, so now let's let's get back to the Patriots. Tom is out four games. Has there been an article written saying that Tannehill will be the best quarterback in the division until week four?
0: Because uh, that happened last I don't year. I think you can say that. Yeah, yeah, it did happen last year. Uh, I don't think you can argue, you can say that. Why not? You know, if you could uh, argue it last
1: I, year, the same quarterbacks, except Geno is swapped out with Fitzpatrick. Ryan, so,
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Ryan. Did you Ryan think
1: Ryan that Patrick. last year, before, like when the season started, if you would have said, I'd Ryan Fitzpatrick?
0: No, not, not when the season started because I thought Ken Hill was ready to make that next step and you, you you accurately told me it's fool's goal. <laughs> um, ain't nobody hitting him in practice. Uh, you know, wait till the bullets start flying for real, and then when people started hitting them, he started acting like the same panhandle that we all know and you know know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've always been a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. I think he's a smart quarterback. Yeah. He puts your team in good situations. Uh, he's, he's tough. Rarely gonna beat himself.
1: He's tough as shit. Like he, he's. He he takes chances. I love quarterbacks that throw the fucking ball down the field and take chances at interceptions. I I hate when I see quarterbacks that are passive. You can't win without any big plays. You can't you, games come off. You wins come off of turnovers and explosive plays for the most part. And and if you don't get any explosive plays, you have to get a whole bunch of turnovers. And Fitzpatrick might get a turnover too, but it's because he's trying to. Get a big play, and that's kind of how you take the air out of defenses and you win games.
0: Here's here's how, and this is something I learned from Brandon Marshall, here's how you determine a good quarterback. No matter what the play is designed, no matter what the down and distance, if you see an elite receiver, an alpha receiver, one-on-one with a cornerback, no safety help, Mm -hmm. throw him the ball.
1: That's exactly what they did to us last week last season. Yeah. No safety help. There was no, there they, was no one there. People weren't running the plays like they were supposed to. Like it was it was embarrassing because I'm hearing from my husband and other players how the offense is telling them exactly what defense they're in every single time they were on the field. Every time. And it's like, oh, you guys are in this. This is what you're going to do. There's not going to be a safety there. I'm going to double move you. You got to, you got to do something. And it's like, that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? And, and I appreciate seeing great football. I I think Fitzpatrick played an amazing game, killed my husband, you know, like just, it was bad, killed him. And, and, and I, I was already a fan, but I became even a bigger fan because I like that. He challenged him. He went at him. He he kept going at him. He saw weakness. He saw something and yep. and, and I like quarterbacks that will put their fucking they, they foot on your no neck.
0: Safety, they saw no safety help and they said it's a 50-50 ball. Yeah. If it at worst at worst it's incomplete. I mean, at worst you get an incomplete. Yeah. but hell. Yeah, you got to go for it's it. 50-50 ball. That's what I like
1: yeah. about FitzPatrick. He goes for it a whole lot. Um the Bills.
0: I think I think your offense also has to give your your quarterback freedom to do that because I, i've seen that not that, you don't you don't that
1: get some, that freedom you take it you take it you have to take that yeah, you don't some, some that doesn't get handed for. to you no, no no you gotta you gotta you gotta, you be, gotta right. be a baller you gotta go out you see something and you make a play what is your quarterback your, your coach gonna say your offensive coordinator no don't make amazing plays what are you doing that doesn't yeah, happen no. so if you see I, something I think that,
0: that respect is earned i think that that respect is earned and um just dealing with the quarterbacks that I've dealt with during my tenure with the Dolphins, I don't think any of them have earned that respect. Right. Um, I agree. And, and even, even, even when they had the Brandon Marshalls, cause you know, if you had Dolphins fans, Brandon Marshall was washed in 2009. Yeah.
1: Well that's, be, um, you know, he was he, washed it, in Chicago that, you know, people forget when Brent played Brandon Marshall in Chicago, Brent didn't let him catch a fucking thing. But a lot of that had to, i yeah. not, not saying Brandon was ever a bum, but a lot of that had to do with when Coach Coyle was actually coaching, they had an actual scheme and knew everybody was being where they were supposed to be, and also Cutler was not as good as Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? So it all plays, it all tied in together with, with the quarterback, with the, with the receiver, and, and whatever defense they're playing against. Like, all that shit can come together for you, and you'll see a game like that Jets game.
0: Yeah. And you no, need a dog, no someone it.
1: that's willing to actually go out there and throw the fucking ball and challenge the defense, especially when you see some tendencies and things that you can fucking win the, win the matchup. Like that's one thing that yeah, I really yeah, like you about know, him.
0: I, I don't, I don't think we both like a certain, we like aggressive quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't think everybody is comfortable with aggressive quarterbacks, nor do a lot of coaches give them the green light to play the way that they, they want to play. Cause let me, let me give me a perfect example. Let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick did decide to retire. You think the Jets were going to give Geno Smith a green light to change plays? However you no, I didn't say
1: give the green light. What I'm saying is if you're, if you're out there and you're a quarterback, and you're you're showing, you're performing, and you you have a play that your coach told you to call. And when you're at, when you're down there, and you see something different, and you make the throw, and you make the throw like it actually works. Yes. there is no they'll coordinator. Let, let you
0: do. Yes, you do it some more.
1: That's what happens yeah. in this game. You have to go out and do things to show that you're ready for the next step. If you don't, you're just going to sit there like like you're supposed to because you're not ready. You're not ready. And Fitzpatrick showed yeah. he was ready. i got to get off his nuts because I feel like a Jets fan right now. Jesus Christ. No, I'm cheering that, but, for them, Loki, because <laughs> I like him, and I like Brandon Marshall. I, I like both of them a, a lot.
0: Yes. Here, here's the thing about the Jets. They were, last year, were statistically good in just about every important category. Turnovers, defense, stopping the run, running the football, uh, scoring. I mean, offensive production. How they didn't make the playoffs blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they tanked at the end of the season. But they were a good team, and they have the potential to be an even better team uh, this season. And and that's why I think that they're one of my sleeper teams in, in the NFL this year. I, I expect the Jets to win 11 games this season. could mm. be wrong, but hey. Uh, we're going to watch. That, I, you know,
1: I, I love to watch. I love to watch. And, I, and I'm a little bit excited to see what the Jets do this year because I'm always trashing them and saying how they never yeah. – you know, it's it's the quarterback play. I, I get annoyed with quarterbacks. I didn't like Gino. I still don't. So I actually like Fitzpatrick. No. So I'm low key gonna try to root for them. And, and it has nothing to do with the Dolphins. Nothing to do with that because I also root for the Patriots because I think Tom Brady's fucking awesome. Book the Bills. We haven't brought them up one single time. Bills.
0: Yeah, we. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, to talk um, to
1: me. Tell me. Tell me what you're seeing now.
0: Um, I, I'm curious to see if Tyrod Taylor can. Take his game to the next level and take that team to the next level. I'm not sure I like the talent on the Jets, especially they've had so many injuries that sort of decimated. I think they're a team that's papered in like the Dolphins talent wise, mm-hmm. um, for even worse reasons. Uh, one of them being nobody wants to sign and play for Buffalo, um, except for Charles Clay, of course. Um, but
1: Clay had a bomb the other it. day. You better chill. <laughs> he
0: had a
1: bomb. Did you see it?
0: Listen. It was yeah, on my Snapchat. I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, but props to him. I, I, I'm a huge Charles Clay fan. I know the man works, Um, but let's not pretend like he didn't get overpaid. Um, No, but, no
1: such thing as getting overpaid in the NFL. No such thing.
0: You, you're right. You're no right. such thing. Uh, yeah. they, che-
1: they, they robbing it, everybody. No such thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods. Um you know they are probably one of the top upper echelon receiving duos Charles Clay when then you got Lashawn McCoy and Reggie Bush in the backfield mm, man I, I was so hurt when I was so hurt when when no, you there. I'm a huge Reggie Bush fan you yeah, know I am I'm an Bush
1: SC fan. fan so you know I've been cheering yeah. everywhere he goes, goes I cheer Reggie Reggie Bush Bush
0: for him fan. and you know I I hate when players turn 30 you know you wash you old you yeah. old, you can't, you can't do it no more. And that's not true. That's not the case. Of course it's not. That's ridiculous.
1: That's just what they say to get um, you out of the league, to go find a younger, cheaper version of you.
0: Exactly. That, that's what they say when they want to pay somebody half your age, uh, half the money. Um, happens in my industry, too. Uh, but I think that they're a talented team offensively. Hopefully they can get that running game going. I mean, you're talking about another player. Mike Elley, who you know, was in Miami was washed. now he he's a third back. he was a productive back to them. Uh, and defensively, I think they do have a couple of issues. I, I don't like a lot of aspects about their defense. I don't think their scheme fits what their talent base is, but hey, more power to them. Um, you know, it, it's gonna be hard playing without Marcel Darius, who was Um I, I think that Jerry Hughes is a little bit overrated. I really don't feel comfortable with their linebacker unit. Um, Preston Brown is, is, is a decent player. Um, you know, having to go out and sign Brandon Spike, that, you know, uh, that, that shows you just exactly where you are from a talent standpoint. And, and, you saying I, they are scraping I really the
1: bottom? They scraping the barrel? Yeah,
0: man. He's good. Not to say that Brandon Spikes couldn't have helped the Dolphins. I, I'm not even going to say that he couldn't because they've got run, run game issues and that's what his specialty is. Uh huh. Uh, talent-wise, I mean, I I just don't see it. I mean, I I don't see it that that on defense for them.
1: So let let's let's round this up. Who who's winning the division? Jets.
0: Oh, of course it's going to be the Patriots. Tom okay, gonna I just was going to see he,
1: if you was tripping. It, I I just wanted because to, you Britton said eleven called, wins. Tom I just wanted to see.
0: <laughs> no, Tom Brady is going to win ten of the twelve games that he plays. <laughs> All he needs. Is is the young cat to go out and and, and get him one to two victories?
1: Okay, so we still going Patriots? We we going Jets
0: second? Oh no! I, I you gotta you gotta kill Tom Brady. He has to I die. He literally
1: has set. to die. Uh, Belichick has to leave the the whole entire Kraft family. All that would have to happen before I would ever pick the Patriots no, to not I, win. The I would vision. love
0: to see. I would love to see Belichick continue to coach without Tom Brady. I I, I will to see what I happens. Love to see. You know what? People want to uh, see
1: that because a lot of people think Tom Brady's not that talented. They think, oh, it's just the system, it's a scheme, and it's like, dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Same any thing of that with shit. Austin
0: fans when they ran ran Dan Marino out of town. Yeah, I don't believe yeah. any of
1: that shit. That Tom Brady's fucking amazing, man. Like he has he, no athleticism. I I can't ever. I don't see a single muscle in his whole body anywhere yet yeah, he got a fucking cannon attached to his Just shoulder say, I,
0: think he's sexy.
1: I didn't say he wasn't sexy now see don't don't you put those words in my mouth i do believe <laughs> tom brady's old goddamn uh oh. uh what's his name he he's loves fucking trump trump love that was oh. the one the one thing i didn't like about tom brady's when he endorsed trump i that, that was a, i finally found something i didn't like about him and i said motherfucker <laughs> damn it but i love you i still love you tom I can't hate
0: on he's, you. He's 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 an, he's an amazing quarterback and and I took a lot of heat last year when I said his his legacy is greater than Dan Marino and I still think I remember by you it. did. Uh, you
1: did take a lot of heat for that and, and you do have a point. You absolutely have a point. I'm not saying you're right, uh, but you absolutely have a point in saying that. Like you he's you can't, got,
2: Like he's got all the records. He's all of them. The he's all got of them. The dynasty. All like, of them.
0: What do, what like what do you want? All of them. What what, more, what, what is he lacking? And everybody will say, oh, well, he just played for a better team and he had a better defense. You want to make all these excuses. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you got the record and record you got the ring, what more do you want? There isn't anything else.
1: There really isn't. You you can't argue with somebody like him. You can't argue it. I get it. Dan Marino is amazing. Fucking amazing yeah. quarterback. Like, I, I feel what people are saying. Well, if Dan Marino was on. The, well, he wasn't. Okay. So we don't yeah. know. We don't know what we do know is Tom was there and, and and when he had the opportunities, look what he did with
0: him. Yeah, I mean, so, think about it, think about this. Tom Brady's always taking less money than he could just for the betterment of the team. Now he don't need it because Giselle makes more money than him, uh, mm-hmm. but he
1: wants to I win like and he's having fun playing. So
0: that's yeah, even more of a reason to like him. Jesus,
1: he's he's awesome. Everything about him is cool except that damn Trump thing. So whatever. So do the so the Bills and the Dolphins don't make the playoffs this year? Or what, what do you what do you think?
0: Nah, Jets. I think the Jets and the and 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 the Patriots are going to be the playoff teams in the division. And, and I would be shocked if the Bills and Dolphins produce winning seasons. I, I would really be shocked.
1: I would too. I, I honestly yeah. would. I, I I would give the Bills more of a chance just simply because. I just would, but I don't think either one of them are going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure either one of them would be eight and eight. My my prediction, obviously, is for the Patriots to win the division. We have the same prediction, so yeah, this was yeah, fun.
0: Yeah, do you think Jets will make the playoffs?
1: Um, yeah, I do. I actually think they will. They're gonna, yeah. they're going to cause some problems. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh-huh.
0: I don't see any. I don't see a lot of good teams, and uh, outside of the AFC North, nah, everybody else is just, uh, you know, in, yeah. in the shadows of the Patriots. I
1: haven't looked at their schedule um, and seen the strength of it, but you know, just on paper and some of the things that I've seen and I've read, I, I believe the Jets have a great chance of making the playoffs and, and you know, even even getting past the, the first round. Honestly.
0: Yeah, definitely so. it's possible.
1: This was fun. We've talked Always in a while a plan, about on. about this kind of stuff because you know, bitch got fired. Shoes, so. <laughs> I'm over here doing the podcast life, but thank you, Omar, for joining me. I had fun. You gave uh, some great I always knowledge.
0: Always appreciate you having me. Oh, you know, I got you. It's I, always
1: bad. I've, I've been totally holding off replying. To, can you hear me? Nico. You there? Did I lose Omar? Yes. I can, we can all hear you. He hit mute. He hit mute.
0: Uh, hello.
1: Omar. I'm hanging up on. Him. I'm hanging up on you, Omar. I don't know what's going on with your little cheap phone, but anyway, that was Omar Kelly. You can find him at Omar Kelly. He's also a writer for the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He does. Do I have to say the radio station that fired me? He works at that radio station that fired me in Florida. Fuck them. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation about the AFC and NFC East. We'll be doing it again next week. I promise to continue to give you the actual bars of the NFL and and good, good, honest opinions and predictions from people that are actually watching film and not people that are just going on PFF and reading off stats. Some fucking idiot just tweeted me a whole bunch of stats from PFF trying to shit on my husband. I laugh at all of you guys, by the way. All of you guys that use stats to prove a point, it's dumb. Watch film. Get that all 22, whatever it is that you can afford. Watch the film. Stop looking at numbers, okay? Numbers will lie to you, okay? The film won't lie. I'll see you next week. yet to